What's up? Welcome back to Wolfpack Watch vs. Tar Heel Talk. Me, Tap, and Patrick. Got a big week this week and a lot a lot of stuff to unfold and uncover. Uh, specifically, talk about the return of Tez Walker and his eligibility and what that brings to the Tar Heels. Also, MJ Morris and what he'll bring to the Wolfpack. Uh, hopefully not three more interceptions. Um, but certainly a lot in store for the upcoming weeks. We're about halfway through the season now. This is episode seven. It's going to be a good one. Let's get right into it. I'll uh, go ahead and take the Tez Walker deal. Tez Walker on Thursday of last week becomes eligible after being ruled ineligible from the NCAA for the entire season. Um, He's back eligible. What a boost that gives our offense. Um, To break it down from what I've read and heard of how this came to be, is we're about to bring it to the NCAA um, in form of a lawsuit and in turn put, you know, put them up against, up against a wall and gave them an ultimatum and they didn't want any part of it. Tez Walker eligible. Um, I know Josh Stein, the attorney general of North Carolina wrote a stern letter um, asking for his eligibility and was proposing him and other states were going to propose an antitrust lawsuit, pretty much saying that the NCAA is not fit to be the governing body and make these decisions as a monopoly. Um, And obviously I don't know what was said in the, in those rooms, but um, you know, off the record, but we ended up getting what, we were fighting for which you know as a unc guy extremely proud of the fight that we put up for one of our guys and the ncaa blast us on twitter with their statement and it's all all just covering their uh, covering their fannies um for making the wrong decision to start with and knowing knowing that they couldn't really do anything other than right that wrong um you know, and then we come out with a statement after the NCAA says we handled it, the situation poorly for sticking up for our guy, which I don't understand and say we, they received new information. Um, obviously everybody's like, yeah, that new information was a lawsuit that was pressing. Um, but it is what it is. Tez is back and we're going to be focusing on football and couldn't be more excited for the kid. You know, he's got NIL deals probably coming down the pipeline. He's going to be able to bolster his, NFL draft stock playing with Drake May, um, and he brings a huge um, addition to an already loaded wide receiver room that we have. So excited for Tez and what he's going to bring in the coming weeks. Yeah. You and I heard two completely different stories, but we're not going to get into that right now. About what? Yeah, let's hear what state uh, narratives were being spun around because you are so you are so locked in on what's going on in Chapel Hill. 
delusional fan base. But I I heard that y'all just withheld information, like you just said. And why we withhold information about a player a that we want eligible? That's a good question. I don't know. I, it doesn't make. Why would we do that? That just doesn't make sense. Yeah. We obviously gave them everything so he could play. Yeah. And they don't, and they make him ineligible. You didn't vote for Democratic John Stein for governor this year, Patty? He just helped your uh, UNC program out. Uh, I think what he did was... Not a political podcast, it's a football podcast. So Respectable, I'll say that. Um, He... Pretty much this new information is they're just saying that. I think in my mind, this is all hearsay. They reached a settlement with UNC saying, all right, we're going to make your guy eligible. But in order for us to do that, we want to be able to come on and blast UNC for saying that y'all didn't have all the proper documents so they could cover their own ass. If that's what it took, I don't know. It, what you know, I'm sure Mac Brown was like, fine, you can say whatever you want about us as long as we get our guy able to play. Because really, at the end of the day, it's about the player. It's yeah. so obvious what happened here that the NCAA did a wrong and didn't want to turn back on it. So we hired a lawyer. And if you've read the article, he outlines three specific actions that are could be deemed illegal by the NCAA. And the NCAA comes out and says, oh, we've received now new information that we didn't have prior. The new information is that they have a reasonable lawsuit that could be imposed against them. They're just saying crap. That's just what the NCA does. They're honestly a horrible organization, but I mean, at least now he can play. He shouldn't have had to sit out four games. I mean, you feel for the kid in that way. Now he's got to get his feet uh, and his bearings under him, but yeah, now he's got an opportunity to show his skills and, I think people are really going to see what Tess has to offer. To get into some schematic changes also to talk about the football aspect of things now that he is eligible, what I expect to see um, out of Tez is that deep ball threat where people are not able to pose a, you know, their defensive strategies are going to have to take account for the safety over the top, and in turn that's just going to let our other receivers get even more open um, just from Tez taking two guys with them. And if they want to single co- put single coverage on Tez, then that's an easy look at Drake May and say, throw me the effing ball and take off because he is a stud and it's been reported that he's the best receiver we've had in the last five years. And we've had some NFL guys come through, like the names of De'Ami Brown, Josh Downs, Antoine Green. Um, so it should be – he should be in store for a big year, and the other receivers should be just as happy um, because he's going to demand a ton of attention. Yeah, basically, I think we got a taste of that scheme you're kind of alluding to, uh, that one play where Nate uh, caught about a 50-yard pass down to one, and you saw Tez on the outside, and you've got Nate lined up on the inside and just runs it like a seam route straight up the middle, and – Tez runs inside post, and they're both just wide open, just destroy the coverage. Yeah, that was a crazy. 
You almost wanted Tez to get that first touchdown, but Drake May doing Drake May things throws it throws an absolute dart to Nate McCollum down within the you know two yard line. Um, but and so enough of Tez. We uh, got out what we wanted to say about Tez. Big news that we weren't able to cover last week, um, but we can jump right into the two games that we played last week, being Syracuse versus the Tar Heels, and then Marshall versus the Wolfpack. Um, I'll let Tap take it away. What he saw from MJ Morris and the Wolfpack in a nail biter in Raleigh, forty-eight to forty-one. Mm, was not a nail biter. Eh. I was. I was not worried. Probably into the third quarter. Um, How many lead changes were there? Like four. Yeah, probably like four. Um, but. We, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot a little bit early on. MJ was rusty from the start. They uh, obviously threw three picks, um, which I'm honestly not mad about. He slung the ball down the field, actually, um, instead of whatever the heck Brennan was doing. Oh, he yeah, looked yeah. better than Brennan, that's for sure. He looked a lot better than Brennan. And his three pits, um, two of them – I would say it was not his fault. One, our receiver dropped the ball into the safety's uh, hands. And then second one got tipped at the line of scrimmage. Um, but other than that, yeah, I thought he looked good. He, he actually moved the ball. I mean, we put up 48 points. Marshall's, like we were talking about last week, not a bad football team. So I was impressed with the boys. Our defense obviously started off slow. Um, but, yeah, we turned it around. Got to be covered the spread again twice, twice in two weeks, which is good. Um, running game looked a little bit better. Got some more people involved um, throwing the ball. Trent Pennant, who has had a total of three receptions in the first six games, uh, multiplied that by two. He had three receptions for 99 yards this game and two tutties. He was absolutely wide open on two plays. That was a little... I don't even know what you call it. He acts like he blots and then just squirts out the back, and he was wide open both times. Um, but, yeah, it was a good game. Definitely back and forth. I uh, was nervous at halftime. I think we were down 24-21. They got a late score. And then, obviously, we came back out after half, scored. They came back and scored. It was a little bit wishy-washy there. And then we uh, got up by 13 and then basically ran the, ran the clock out at the end of the game, so it was a good game. I was happy. Fans weren't fans weren't uh too rock and roll and it was fall break for uh NC State, so it was a little bit slow. But I was happy. I think uh MJ Morris, although he throws out his first game a thirty point eight QBR, um, he definitely is going to give y'all a better chance to win football games. I mean, y'all put up 48 points, and he was actually throwing the ball downfield. I think he makes y'all's offense much better. Um, although I did see the Wolfpack faithful boo, Brennan Armstrong. I thought that was not of great taste. Um, but regardless, MJ Morris seems to be a viable quarterback that's got definitely a lot to learn. Um, I think he can be good down the road, but he'll he'll be able to win you ball games this year. But I don't know. I don't know. You can't have another game like that against a good opponent. Yeah, for um, sure. Win. 
three three pits, not ideal. But like I said, he had this four dude, bats. They booed Brandon Armstrong, bro. No. Yeah, Brandon went out there and they booed him. No, we boo, we're we're booing the play call. Yeah, they are. <laughs> if you're booing Brandon, Brennan. No, I was booing Brennan. I tell you if what, you, if you are putting Brennan Armstrong on the three yard line, why not just run him? Instead, we put him in the shotgun and he drops bats to pass and got sacked, basically. Yeah. And that's what everybody did. Your fan base. Definitely Brennan, not, oh, why did we pass the ball? <laughs> Brennan hikes the ball and he drops back and he, you can tell in his head, he's just like, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> that's literally what happened. He got hit by like four people at the same time. It was bad. Um, but, yeah, that, that sequence was bad. He came in there for two plays, handed it off. Um, we got, like, one yard, and then he dropped back to pass and got sat, and then we put MJ right back in, and everybody started cheering. It was kind of kind of bad. Um, but Peyton Wilson, our star, came in his post-game interview, came in and said, Wolfpack Nation, I love y'all, but if y'all boo my – boo Brennan one more time, I don't know what I'm going to do. He was upset about it, so. Fans know now we're not going to do it anymore. I guess I don't. I don't think we're going to see Brennan too much if you, in the future. If you do Brennan, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yep, I want to quit. <laughs> like my uh, like my starting running back. <laughs> he would never quit. He's going to win. Uh, he's going to win ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Is what he's going to do. Yeah, we'll see about that. He, he is twenty. Let me see how many. Tackles above everybody else he is. I think he's at like 70, and everybody, the second one's like 54. I don't know. He's an absolute dog. Well, Adrian and I can get into um, Syracuse versus North Carolina. Um, AJ, I'll let you take it away on what you saw out of the Tar Heels' dominant performance over a 4-1 and Syracuse team. Yeah, well, you said it right there. I was just going to say dominance. Uh, we played really well on both sides of the ball. Um, frankly, I, I think they shouldn't have even scored. They uh, threw a little float ball that on like third and 15 that just, I think it was Tayon Holloway on them. Just played good coverage, just the guy caught it. Um, made a good play on the ball, coming back to it. Um, but just allowing one touchdown in an ACC game, I don't remember the last time that I've seen that. Um, once again, Cedric looks great. I, I thought everyone was flying around on the ball. There was always always hats, every at least five hats on the ball, I thought, every tackle. Um, Elijah Huzzy continues to do Elijah Huzzy things. Um, and that's just defense. I mean, begin to talk about Drake May's best game, obviously, this season. Um, accounted for almost 500 yards. Um, I thought his accuracy was really on display this week, uh, this past week. NFL scouts are definitely going to watch that game and say that that kid is special because he is. Um, we didn't even utilize J.J. Jones like we did the week before. Um, part of that being Tez being back. Nate McCollum continues to produce. Um kind of fulfilling that Josh Downs role. Kobe Pesor can even do that same thing. Marion still running strong, just 
complete dominance. I thought uh, called a great offensive game. Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing I can be mad about at all. Thought we did did everything on both sides of the ball and did what we were supposed to do. Made Syracuse look like they should be down there with Virginia at the bottom of the ACC. And initially, I did not think that was the case at all. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we've been saying throughout this season we're waiting on that one dom like dominant performance game to show people, you know, we're legit. Um, and it came Saturday for sure. Um, dominant on both sides of the ball. Obviously defense is what isn't something that we haven't been accustomed to in recent years. So that gets, um, a UNC fan, the most excited. We held Syracuse to seven points. Um, they were averaging 34 points a game on the season. Our, um, our scoring defense right now, we're holding two opponents um, right above 19 points per game, which is 30th in the entire country. So what a flip of the script that's been from Gene Chizik and that defense. Um, they just look good. They know what they're doing. They're all confident in what they're doing. Um, and then adding a guy like Huzzy um, and the defensive backs are just playing so much better with so much more confidence. And then our D-lines getting to the quarterback and maintaining their gaps and, I mean, just putting on a really good defensive performance. It was fun to watch. Um, and then, like you said, I mean, the offense was just clicking on all cylinders. Uh, we ran the ball well. We passed the ball well. Drake May had a vintage Drake May game, um, four passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Um, but, yeah, 40-7, to seven, absolute domination from the Tar Heels. Um, you just got to hope that we can carry that momentum um, into the next game and into the rest of the season. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. And one highlight I just want to point out that we haven't touched on yet. <clears throat> I just want to shout out my boy, Ben Kiernan, really, uh, really laying it on the line for the heels. Uh, block punt, picks it up. I've never seen it. I was jumping up and down out of my seat. Because I thought he was going to get this first down. They also gave us the first down, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, which was crazy. Which was, he didn't even come close to getting it. He got absolutely rocked. Dude, it was a it, it was one of the biggest hits I've seen since they changed the rules in college football. He got, <laughs> if you haven't seen the hit, go look up Ben Kiernan on Twitter, and it's a, it's certainly a watch. It was, it was two people running as fast as they could at each other and just meeting. <laughs> I mean, props to them trying to get the first down. I mean, that was a hell of a play. I mean, that was like one shining moment that just ended up really poorly for the guy. Yeah, I think he's going to be out for a few weeks in concussion protocol. <laughs> you know he was out of breath. He was just wheezing down there. <laughs> and everyone's just so hype right in his face, and he's just wheezing. <laughs> yeah he uh he texted uh ba actually and said that he's definitely concussed we said uh all i can say is i average 17 yards of rush right now oh yeah man um one last uh crazy stat before we can get into our guests for the week and talk about next week's game um in the first half drake may had 23 passing completions compared to Syracuse's 22 total play, plays that they ran. There was also a crazy stat. I think in the first quarter, we had 14 first downs at one point to their, like, to Syracuse's, like, one or two. Yeah, it was, it was a 
ass kicking from the jump. Yeah. Always got to love that. Uh, yeah, it was fun tap. Yeah, y'all just keep screwing on. I'm ready for y'all to uh, lose so y'all come down to earth a little bit. It's starting to worry me. I think we're starting to worry a lot of people across the country, buddy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, we'll move into the guests. Tar Heels dominate 40-7 to last week. State wins their ballgame 48-41. Big win for the pack. Um, but without further ado, we're going to move into our guests for the week. Bringing on a Miami fan should be a interesting guest segment with a lot of banter back and forth. Uh, but we'll see John Whitley on the flip side. First guest on from for the last three weeks. Uh, excited for this one. Obviously, the Heels are playing Miami. It's been a long time rivalry between me and my good buddy John Whitley. Uh, he's a Category Five Ball of Energy, a former Division One Hooper, an ACC savant, and somehow a Miami fan from North Carolina. When asked about why he's a Miami fan, he gives a simple answer: John. What's your heart condition? Well, I was going to say, I don't know why you said you wonder why I'm a Miami fan, but I was anybody that knows me knows I was born with a heart defect where my heart's in the shape of a U. So that answers that, <laughs> why I'm a Miami Hurricane fan. Yeah, so John, huge Miami fan. We go back and forth on this game every year, UNC versus Miami. Uh, this year's stakes are a little bit different. Uh, Tar Heels are ranked number 12, 7.30 game on ABC against the 25th ranked Hurricanes. And I know you don't want to answer this first question, but something we have to address and something you're going to have to live with. Take us through the final two minutes against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Oh, I mean, well, from, from on a personal level, I'm still pulling the swords out of my heart. Um, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a sensitive topic, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I hate, I hate that, uh, what I think could be categorized as the worst play call in college football history had to happen to Miami. And I hate that even as bad as they played that they quote unquote won the game, um, as far as being up three with the opportunity to, to kneel the ball. Um, that's what good teams do, right? You play bad and then you still have a chance to win the game and then you just, uh, for whatever reason, don't kneel the ball, and the absolute worst thing happens where you fumble, and they review it when he was down, steal their ball, and then they go 75 yards in two plays. So, yeah, really brutal. Uh, really, <laughs> it hurt me. I know I know the players and coaches had to be just absolutely agonized. Did you, did you think he was down on the fumble? Yeah there's, yeah, there's a bunch of angles he's down by, like, a country mile. Yeah, he was – 100% down. I don't, I don't think they just had the right angle to be able to overturn it, but that's brutal. And for anybody listening that didn't know what happened, Miami had the ball game one and had the time, 
the time lined up with the fact that they can kneel the ball and game's over with, and they decided to run it one last time and fumbled, resulting in Georgia Tech driving in 30 seconds to throw a game-winning touchdown as time expires and put absolute arrows in John's back. Yeah, I had over like 100 text messages, and I'm actually kind of proud of myself. It's a lot of personal growth. I normally would – I'm the sorest loser. I'm a very sore winner. And if Miami wins Saturday, I'm going to be a sore winner. But uh, I'm a very sore loser, and normally I would lash out at those people. Um, but it's, it's really some personal growth. So I'm actually kind of proud of myself. I just put my phone down, went and laid in my room, closed my eyes, and just stared into darkness for hours. <laughs> Do you hate Mario Cristobal? Uh, no, I love Mario Cristobal. Um, everybody makes mistakes. He owned it. He said it was 100% his fault. It wasn't the fumble. It wasn't the defensive collapse. Um, it doesn't absolve him from horrible call, but he owned it. And Miami's in a lot better position than they were a year and a half ago when they hired him. Luigi. aware that this is his second time making that mistake. I am. I am. Uh, I hope that <laughs> I hope that this is the last time. Well, it's actually kind of funny because in the four wins, even though they were up like well, – they were up a bunch of points. They were up like 15 against A&M. He would still run the ball like the last play. Like he just doesn't kneel the ball. I don't know if it's just like a mentality of like – kneeling's a sign of weakness i don't know if it's like you know i'm just gonna if we can bust another run it's like a way to try and run. i don't know if it's just like a dead on mentality but he just doesn't kneel the ball um and i hope that that pride or whatever that is just breaks because my heart is broken game. Uh, <laughs> well, should so we question mario cristobal's decision making going forward as the miami head football coach. I wouldn't say all that. I mean, I, I knew when he came from Oregon, uh, a lot of people said, you know, he's not the greatest game day coach. You know, he's obviously a great recruiter. He signed the four best classes in Oregon history. He signed Miami's best class last year. The, the day after, this is the Mario Cristobal experience. The day after they lose to Georgia Tech, they sign a top 60 player in the country. So it's just like, oh, you know, sign recruit after recruit after recruit, but apparently he's not a great game day coach. Um, so, you know, hopefully he can hire – Hire guys around him to to make it run because apparently he's not quote unquote the best game day coach. So that's the consensus around college football is that he's not the X's and O's guys, but he's just the morale booster, recruiter, money raiser, and he's not the best game manager or X's and O's guy. Yeah, there was a lot of like when Justin Herbert was at Oregon. Um, you know, they said he held him back. Uh, you know, I didn't watch a ton of Oregon then. I mean, Justin Herbert went top 10 in the draft. Um, he makes a crap ton of money now in the NFL. I don't, I don't know how true that was. You know, I'm focused on Miami. He's, I think Miami's in a lot better spot than they were a year and a half ago. Obviously, last year was terrible. But if you've watched any of Miami this year, they're most definitely a better team. Last year, they were 2-4 and four at this point, and, they're, and that includes Middle Tennessee State. So uh, definitely improved. Yeah, Miami looks much better to travesty that they had to lose at Georgia Tech or this UNC-Miami game would be, you know, the stakes would be a little bit higher, um, even though they're already very high. Before we get into the back and forth about next uh, or this Saturday's game, 
What are your thoughts on the Wolfpack, knowing that you've been to Carter Finley quite a few times this season already? Yeah, I've got to see him back to back weeks. I sat with Tap, um, his mom on Saturday. Uh, super entertaining game. Um, MJ, I thought MJ Morris looked really good once he settled in. Um, three picks. Whoa, the first one tap was right off the hands of somebody. The second one was the screen where uh, what's his face didn't block. Kind of, I don't know who put that one on. It looked like the third one he kind of airmailed. Um, Dude, no, but he, that one was that one was tipped at the line. That's why it was so. Oh, bad. really? The third one. Yeah. Wow. But, um, yeah. No, I mean, I thought he looked sharp for his first game action in like a year. Um, their defense is good. Raleigh's a tough place to play. I mean, I think Marshall's a good team. It was definitely a good win. I felt like State. I mean, they won by seven, but it felt like they kind of had control more so the whole game. Conception's a monster for sure. I'm, I don't know if I'm afraid of too many other players on offense. Peyton Wilson is an absolute freak. I know Tap raves about him every week. Um, heard a lot of I heard a lot of Doran booze. Some some questionable some questionable calls. So that'll be interesting. As it they got a big one Saturday. You even got to experience uh, old Brennan Armstrong a little bit, which. I'm glad you did, you know. I felt bad for him. That was... We were debating if they were booing Brennan or if we were booing the play call. Brennan, easily. Yeah, because he was open, right? That The one play he did get? No, he, he came in, handed the ball off, and then the second play dropped back and passed and got sat by like five guys at the same time. <laughs> Right, I thought on the I thought on the drop back that uh, that some dude was wide open, but maybe he didn't see him because he was getting hounded. Yeah, that's probably right. I don't know. We looked all right. Time to move on from Brendan, though. We got MJ in the taking the reins. Yep. Yeah, I mean, our takeaway was MJ. Just, I mean, even though he threw three interceptions, he definitely gives NC State a better chance to win ball games. You know, is that. Did the chances go from beating the team 30% chance to a 35% chance? Maybe, but they still have a better chance. I appreciate that, Patrick. <laughs> yeah. uh, John, I've got a question for you. Um, who do you think's in the college football playoffs right now? Let's not go right now. Let's say who do you think's going to be in the college football playoffs when it's all said and done. I like that. I would have said Notre Dame before Saturday. Um, I think the Pac-12 is definitely getting one, maybe two. So I'd go Oregon. Um, I'm not saying Florida State. Uh, Michigan, Georgia, and I'll go Washington. I'll go. I'll go to that Pac-12. What about one of those teams is losing this week? Yeah. What about Oklahoma or Texas? Uh, no, I don't think so. So you think Pac-12 gets two teams in, even though they're playing yep. this weekend? Do they play? They have a uh, conference championship, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they would play each other again, theoretically, and then the loser of the first game, you're saying, would win the second game, and then they get uh, two, they, two uh, 12 and one teams in? Yeah. USC is also in the Pac-12. Yeah, they might have divisions in the Pac-12, so they might 
I don't know. Maybe I'm tripping. Nah, but, they dissolved those. I'm I'm pretty sure they dissolved divisions. We're ACC guys. We're not we're not expected to know these things. I know the Big Twelve is one division, so Oklahoma and Texas will probably play again. I was listening to some podcast. Whoever wins that Big Twelve championship between Oklahoma and Texas, um, if they both go undefeated throughout, whoever wins that's going to make the playoffs. So I don't know. I just want to see. Bringing it back to ACC, John. uh, Who you got in the ACC championship? I know this is probably a question that you don't want to answer. Oh, I mean, I'll answer it now. I ain't scared of no question now. I mean, I'm going to say Miami, Florida State. Yeah. So, you think you think, uh, you think the Hurricanes come in there in, in the Keenan Stadium and roll over the heels? Did I stutter? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, obviously, obviously behind the eight ball now when, that I was uh, not expecting. But, I mean, Miami still plays the teams in front of them. Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, Louisville. Two at home. Um, that is rough. Probably was, you know. The Wolfpack. Don't don't leave them out. Looking like he's going to chalk that one up to a W. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, yeah, state state will be a hard game on the road. I mean, I'm not I'm not dissolving state, but of the four before the Georgia Tech loss, I was thinking two out of four go six and two, get the right tiebreakers. But now it's probably got to be three or four, go six and two, and have the right tiebreakers. Yeah, there's a lot of football left, that's for sure. There's a lot um, of football left. Miami's not out of the equation by any means, although it definitely seems like it um, after last week's game. But the uh, the Hills versus the Hurricanes, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. We'll all be there. Um, sold out should be the best atmosphere we see in Kenan Stadium from the Miami game in 2018 when Daz Newsom hit a little toe touch. As uh, with 20, 25 seconds left, I believe. Um, what are you expecting, John? Let's let's talk UNC Miami. Let, let's let's hear it. What's your game plan? Well, away from the game, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're getting a party bus. We're going to, you know, all your friends are coming to town. I'm going to be just, <laughs> I'm going to be absurd because it's me <laughs> versus the world. And I pick me every time. If I ever get in a fight with a bear, you pray for the bear. <laughs> but anyways, as far as the game, um, I am excited to see a good atmosphere. I mean, 7.30 ABC. I don't know how y'all's blue zone people. I don't know if they'll be able to get up and cheer. I know it gets kind of quiet over there. But Super Bowl Super Bowl for the Hills. Big boys coming to town. Uh, should be a good game. I'm very excited. I haven't seen them play since Virginia Tech last year. I don't get to see them. Very much due to proximity, so I always enjoy seeing Miami in, uh, in person. We've got uh, Tez Walker for the first week incorporated into our game plan. Um, that'll probably—I mean, I would assume he'll run out there with the ones. What do you? Uh, what problems do you see him posing for the Hurricanes, and how to slow him down? Oh well, I. I saw that one catch on the sideline he had. He's obviously an unbelievable player, and for the record, I'm very glad he's eligible, um, whether it's good or bad for Miami because I'm always pro player when it comes to the NCAA bullcrap. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just a blend of size and speed. Um, he'll be a huge test for the Miami corners. 
Um, I do think secondary is average at Miami. Um, Texas A&M had some really good receivers, um, and they had a good quarterback, Connor Wegman, before he got hurt. But he's um, not who Carolina has a quarterback, whatever his name is. Um, so, yeah, I'm just excited to see. I, I think Miami's got to get pressure on Drake May so he doesn't just have a bunch of time to sit back there and, and just dissect. Yeah, it seems like uh, Miami's bread and butter is their O-line and D-line. So that's what everybody's been saying for Miami to be able to slow the offense down. It's going to uh, come from the D-line getting an abundance of pressure throughout the game on Drake May. Uh, we'll see how that, uh, you know, how that comes to, uh, I don't know the word, but how that plays out on Saturday. Yeah. The, uh, Carolina, Carolina guys, man. Carolina guys. You know they're not going to class, Tap. You know these guys aren't going to class? <laughs> I would need to see out of fruition. The podcast jitters, man. Come on. Miami will be the toughest test we've had this season with the most talent. Um, they've got speed everywhere and five-star guys everywhere. But who's better coached and who's going to be more disciplined? Um, I think the fact the crowd plays a factor in the game, but I'm very, very excited to get to Keenan on Saturday. What's the spread? Three and a half. half. Heels. Woo. Uh, John, yeah, uh, I was surprised at that one. I thought it would have been more. Yeah, I thought it would have been like five or six. On a neutral site, that means – I means figured three and a half. I figured three and a half. I kind of – yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I mean, Mac Brown said uh, they're not watching the Miami Georgia Tech game because we're not going to see that team on Saturday. He watched the Texas A and M film. It's probably smart. Oh, uh, John, I got kind of two part question for you. Um, do you want the ball first, or do you want to line up on the defensive side first? And it sounds like. You think Miami can roll over the heels, so I'm interested in your score prediction. Um, I don't know about rollover. Um, I do feel very confident. Patrick mentioned all, the offensive line is incredible. Uh, Miami's running for over 200 yards a game. Uh, kept Van Dyke clean basically all season. The defensive line's given up like 50 rushing yards a game. I mean, they just got some absolute monsters up front. Um, so I do, and I, things like that are what I would call like crowd neutralizer. You know, you can just kind of go into an arena. It doesn't really matter. You just got to run the ball. Um, what was the first part of your question? You want, uh, oh, start you on defense, defense or offense. I'll tell you what, Van Dyke, I love Tyler Van Dyke, but sometimes he can just come out on absolute, I mean, just like not locked, just coming out on cap. And I feel like, He's not a – I mean, he can throw a 90-yard touchdown and he'll just, like, walk to the bench. He's just a even-kill guy, which is great. But, you know, I, I like seeing more out of a quarterback, and, then, you know, I feel like that kind of trickles down. So, the defense is awesome. And even though they're going against a great offense, I think I'd like to start on defense. And score prediction, I'm going to go 34-27 Miami. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I hope, I hope if, you know, your defense does get the ball first, they don't – Allow us to go down the field in two plays. Um, and I really hope Mario Cristobal is not giving that pregame speech. 
Oh, that's uh, taken care of, actually. I got asked to talk to the team Friday night. Um, so I got I got about a 20-minute with the with the players. So I'm just going to absolutely pour my heart on, into them. And then I got an hour with the coaches to say, if you're ever up and you don't kneel the ball, I will find you and I will kill you. <laughs> oh, good to know. Good to know for sure. But uh, I'm not your friend at 730, but I'm excited to be there this weekend with you. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, the the heels, I don't think our running attack is going to be too stout. It's I think it's going to be left up to Drake May's hands, and it's going to come down to the last five minutes in the fourth quarter on who's going to win this ball game. It's going to be electric in there. Cannot repeat that enough. 730 ABC, you know, this is the eighth, uh, eighth matchup, eighth, eighth uh, ranked matchup in Keenan Stadium history, which is an absurd stat. Wow. Um, and Mac Brown has been a part of seven out of the eight. That's another crazy stat. Um, so it's going to be electric. The stadium's been sold out for weeks. We're, you know, getting a little sketch, even looking for tickets right now because the resale market is, uh, has gotten slim as well. So there will be a full crowd in attendance on Saturday. Dude, I'll jump out of a freaking plane before they try and keep me out of that thing. Alfred, what's it called? Uh, skydive. I'll freaking skydive out of that thing and land right in the middle of the field. What's your, uh, what's your game day fit, John? You think I'd reveal that? No, nah, I'm wearing Blue Delta's uh, Peter Miami shirt and dunks. <laughs> All right, we'll get away from uh, UNC Miami for a second. Uh, tap, you want to? What are y'all? Are y'all? Is it a blackout? Or have y'all released what jerseys y'all are wearing yet? No, nah, we do that on Thursday. It will be a solid combo. That'd be sick if it was a blackout. Miami, Miami lost on a blackout last week, John. That's just sad. I guess we did too. We lost to Louisville. Rough. Yeah, we don't do those type of things, man. I know We're y'all. Love, I know y'all love your black uniforms with your little chrome helmets. We don't have black unis, and we also can't wear our navy unis. Those got banned. All right, John. But uh, we got a question. So this is NIL related and back to your college days as a college hooper. Um, would you have taken advantage of NIL when you played at ECU? And if so, what opportunities would you have searched for? Uh, I mean, I don't think if you don't play, you don't get much NIL. But uh, being from a small yeah. town, I would I would have tried to snag that Bill's hot dogs and that uh, that Dairy Palace for sure. <laughs> Washington, North Carolina staples and must try if you're in in Washington, North Carolina. Yeah, I mean they got the absolute gas. I mean Bob, if Bob wasn't throwing me a couple G's, I would have been pissed. Um, definitely need Bob to fork it up for the boy. Uh, see what Will and Luke can come up with. I, I, I would, I mean, I would be trying to extract every single every single cent I could. <laughs> NIL man. Yeah, I don't know how much opportunity you would have at ECU, but you would have <laughs> you would have figured it out, right? I would have figured out, man. I have resources. Um, I would I would have gone back to the Washington the Washington community looks out. Small town things. 
Hey, John, what do you? I'm I'm kind of mad. I'm not able to watch y'all play UNC. We got we we played Duke at uh, 8 p.m. on a Saturday, which is unfortunate. Not be able to watch y'all, but I don't I don't think have y'all heard anything about Riley Leonard? Because I have not. I doubt he's playing though. Uh, I think that's questionable, but I am pretty sure he will not be shooting up. I saw the ticker and it said he's unexpected to play. I don't think he's going to play. Y'all are going to definitely have to, um, but I don't know if y'all are going to be able to score points. Yeah, their defense is fine. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, John, I got another question for you, bud. Um, If you could play a character in a movie, who would it be? Put you on the spot a little bit. uh, Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. You got to give me an impression then, bro. I would not want an impression. I used to do that. We need an impression because you're so good at them. I used to do that when I was younger, man. I'm I'm all grown. I don't be doing any. It was an impression. You have to for the pod. I really hadn't even seen that movie in a long time. I really I need to watch that movie. Golly, it's so good. Um, I I really can't. I really it it can't be asked. I can probably dig up some footage. Maybe we'll get one from you on Saturday. Uh, oh yeah, no, nah, Friday. Yeah, no, nah, Saturday. I'm gonna have like, I just had to hit a button on my body, and I just got like turbo and unleashed. As soon as I see Mario run out of that tunnel, I'm literally gonna just like freaking jump to the moon. God, it's gonna be fun. Are y'all sitting together? Y'all don't know yet. <sighs> yeah, most likely. <laughs> I will be in Raleigh Thursday night. I land at 11 p.m. And I'll be uh, I'll be working remote Friday and then I'll be hopefully locked and loaded at five. Word. Let's do something Friday. Just start the freaking rah-rah early. Yep. I'm All ready. Right. Well, well, we've got John on the pod for the Miami UNC game. Let's uh let's end it just all with some game day expectations, uh, what we see out of the offenses and defenses, and some score prediction score predictions. I know John's already said his, um, but yeah, I just want to I want to get some uh, in depth insight on what we're gonna be looking at on Saturday because it's you know, like I've said it a million times. I'm jacked up and it's gonna be a good one. John, hey John, John. oh me. Sure. Nice job. Sorry, nice piece. Kind of. Um, I think it's going to be a great game to watch. Uh, I think we're going to see we're going to see some special plays on defense from both teams. I think we'll see special plays from deep from offense on both teams. Um, ultimately, we got the best quarterback in the country in my eyes. I think Drake May makes plays through the air, but he also has to make some on his feet. Ultimately. Miami defense can't contain him. And Heels win 34 to 27. So flip of what you think. Flip on me then. I love it. John, give us give us your uh, a little bit deeper analysis on what you what you're we're gonna see on Saturday. 
Yeah. Um, well, I think one of the first things to watch is just kind of how Miami comes out as far as energy, which I do think it'll be positive, um, even though coming off of, you know, what happened last Saturday with the with the terrible loss, um, I do think there's a, a good core group of, of leadership within the program, and the culture has definitely flipped since Mario took over from Manny Diaz. Um, I think offensively, I think you're going to see a lot of running. Uh, I think they're going to try and establish something on the ground. And I do think Van Dyke bounces back. Um, he threw three picks on Saturday. He had thrown one in the previous four. And he'd only had, I don't know if y'all have ever heard of the turnover-worthy plays stat, but he had had like two turnover-worthy plays in the first four games. And he had like five Saturday. I mean, he was just, he wasn't himself. Uh, but I think he bounces back. Uh, defensively, I kind of touched on got to get pressure on Drake May, got to get pressure, and hopefully they can get pressure with four so they're not having to send five, six, seven, and then Drake's just got a bunch of deep shots because, I mean, it's, you know, that Syracuse game is just, you know, it's Nesbitt, it's J.J. Jones, it's Ted Walker, it's Kobe Pesor, it's, you know, it's name after name after name. Um, so if they can get pressure with four, keep them in the pocket because once he gets out, it's just like Houdini. Um, I mean, he's incredible. I'll – I think he's a great guy. He's probably the only guy on Carolina I'll talk positively about, um, just the peace on his family. Um, but it's definitely, it's like deja vu with Hal to May. Obviously, I think May's a little bit better, but it's just like just back-to-back, really, really great quarterback play. Um, but 34-27, Miami. Flip on you, AJ. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to be right. <laughs> oh. Gonna be a good one. Uh, to echo, just real quick, I know we're gonna touch on the game for a few minutes after John hops off, but I just really think it comes down to Drake May and what he's able to do on Saturday. I think it's gonna be in his hands to go win the game late, and he's gonna have to make plays to get it done. Um, that's a stout, um, stout defense Miami has. They're good. They're going to be the best team we've played. Um, it's going to be exciting to see what our offense is – or, sorry, our defense is able to show up on Saturday, see what they're able to hold um, Tyler Van Dyke and their rushing attack to. Um, it seems like they are all on the same page on what they need to be doing, filling gaps. Um, so I think we're going to be able to hold Miami to, you know, under, under 30 points, and that's all we can ask for um, with our offense out there. But, yeah, like I said, let's just let Drake May do Drake May things, um, get him some easy passes, um, and then let him let him take some shots, stay on the field, because we have the playmakers to do it. I'm going to go with a score of 30 to 28, um, and we win on a field goal with led when Drake May drive at the end of the game. Dang. I'm just letting you know if Carolina if Carolina wins on a field goal, I, I ain't talking to nobody for like I'm not talking to anybody affiliated with the University of North Carolina for at least a week. <laughs> at least a week. Yeah, you can go. Last time uh, John was in Chapel Hill for this game, he posted his fax number on his Snapchat story and said, "If you want to reach him, fax him." I got some good social media for this week. I, my, my content team's been working overtime, so we got some great stuff that we're going to roll out uh, the next couple of days in preparation for the game. So y'all be y'all be tuned into the socials for sure. 
Yep. Tap, I want to hear it. I want to hear the uh, the non-biased. I'm, I'm, I wish I could freaking watch the damn game. I wish I was going with y'all. First off, guy got a bat to Lil Dub, hunt with Armstrong Perry. He, uh, we got an eight pointer on the farm. I'm got my eye on. Um, <laughs> but, but talking about the game, I think it's going to be really good. It just all depends on, like John said, how Tyler Van Dyke comes back out early. I, I just think y'all can't get punched in the mouth. Um, in the first two quarters, just keep it close at halftime and then just play the game. Uh, how it's supposed to be played, I guess. And we'll see. But I think it's going to be more high scoring than y'all are saying. I think y'all are going to be in the 40s, if I had to guess. I think it should be a shootout. And if I had to guess, I would just say whoever has the ball last at the end of the game is going to win the, win the game. So I'll give my little – Prediction off the top of my head. I'm going to say 45, mm, 45, 48, Miami. Make it 2-2. Two two. I'm, I'm saying there's going to be points. Keenan, Keenan is going to be rocking, though. I'm excited to see it. Badger, AJ, are y'all – I would prefer a low-scoring game. I think that favors Miami. I think a high-scoring shootout favors Drake May. Is it, are y'all in the same – or no? I mean, I just or think it's the my prediction's based on the fact that both defenses are I mean, I I'm gonna say our defense is good because they've proved it through the first five games. Um so I think we're gonna be able to stop y'all and, and you know that kind of just y'all have a rushing attack, so that's gonna draw out the game um and make for longer drives. So that's kind of where I'm basing my prediction off of. But obviously, you know, if we wanna if you want to go back and forth, you know, and give – if it's going to be up to Drake May and y'all are going to stop the run and put six guys in the box, yeah, I think I'm taking Drake May every time. Miami is number two in scoring defense. Yard, Patrick was talking earlier about UNC's giving up 19 a game. Miami's giving up 14 and a half. I didn't, I didn't know that. That's pretty wild. Only number two behind Duke. Dang, Duke got – Damn good defense. Um, yeah, but I think I've we've touched on this a few times, but I think Tez Walker being a part of this game plan this week and Miami has literally nothing to go based off of. They have no film on him and what we're going to do with him. I think that gives us a massive off- offensive advantage because he's not only going to be a part of the game plan, but be probably the most important part of the game plan. There we go. Uh, but yeah, we'll round off this uh, guest segment, John. If you want to leave us with a few words um, as we move on into our next segment, previewing next week's games. Yeah, well, I appreciate y'all having me on. I love y'all boys. Y'all are great, great men. Uh, I did want to leave you with Patrick left this out. He conveniently left out that in March 2023, this past March, we were in Fort Lauderdale together at the Wharf a bar in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, about 20 minutes outside of Miami. We're sitting there drinking, Ben and Rob are there just hanging out. And lo and behold, we look at the bar and there he is, Tyler Van Dyke with a jewel. I was tight. I was tight. He was on the jewel. I was like, bro, you got to lock in. You got to lock in. But saw Tyler Van Dyke kind of like freaked out inside. I was like, well, I'm easily going to say something to him. Went up to him. 
was like, I'm not gonna be weird, but like I just gotta buy you a drink and just that's all you need to know. He's like, Well, I'm getting like three. So I look over to his left and there's both the Cavender twins, the TikTok basketball girls. They're no right way. there. Yeah, so Man. I bought three drinks and then I was like, Wait, he's getting paid like four hundred thousand dollars. Why the heck did I just buy the drinks? But anyway, that was my that was my TVD story. We talked for like five minutes, and I ended with, "I need one win next year, and it's at Chapel Hill." That's what I told him. So, so he knows. Oh, he yeah, John. Yeah. Pretty much bought those three drinks for Tyler Van Dyke to go Riz on the Cavenders. <laughs> yeah, I got no interactions with him. You buy three drinks, two for the Cavern Twins, one for Tyler Van Dyke. He's aware that you want him to win in Chapel Hill, and he jewels. Yeah, and it was like a hundred bucks for like three drinks. It was just a horrible financial decision out the gate. Call him Mario. What a great story. Yeah, uh, yeah, he he owes me some money for my my heartache. My dad go to the doctor get my heart worked on. Yeah, it's in the shape of you. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's what you're gonna see Saturday night. Fingers together. Well. There it is, boys. We're, we're throwing up used down. I'm sure we're going to see that from a tutty celebration um, on Saturday. The Heels got the Hurricanes coming in. John, appreciate the insight. Um, ready to see you on Friday. Uh, but appreciate you coming on, my man. Uh, great segment. We're going to be moving on to previewing next week's games for a small segment at the end. Once again, thank you, John. Was uh, John Whitley good uh, to have a familiar foe on the guest uh, pod with us? Uh, we're gonna do a quick. I know we've already spoken a lot about next week's games. We're gonna do a quick little rundown and give our parlays um, or parlay for the week. So tap. I'll let you go ahead with what you're expecting for State versus Duke at eight o'clock um, on Saturday in Durham. Yeah, bedtime, bedtime night game. Um, ACC Network, 8 p.m. Unfortunately, y'all are playing at 7.30, so I can't watch both, but I'll be flipping back and forth for sure. Um, I'm excited, though. I, I'm really curious to see if Riley Leonard's going to play. I, I know we talked about it a little bit earlier. I think he's doubtful to play. High ankle sprain coming in. Um, not much – not much film on their backup quarterback. I'm pretty sure he's a true freshman, and he saw some um, early action early on in the season during a blowout. I think he went eight for eight passing. So I know he to throw the ball at least. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But I'm just really excited to see what – I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. We talked about it earlier. Duke's, Duke's defense is only giving up 11 points per game right now, which is number one in the ACC, which is wild to think about. Um, so it's going to be a defensive battle. I think our defense can hold up with them, especially against their backup quarterback if we have to. Um, probably the main thing I'm ready to see is how MJ responds to going up and going up against a better defense. Obviously, Marshall's defense was pretty good, but they're not Duke. So we're going to see what has to happen. He's got to get off to a hot start. Um, 
can't get down early on the road. It's always hard to come back like that. Um, but we're definitely going to rely on our defense. It'll be a defensive battle. I want to see Kevin Concepcion. We had a little – we had some little plays going on for him. He would come on a little – what do you call it? Uh, sweep, little sweep, and then cut back the opposite way. I think he got, he got a touchdown on that one time and then another 10-yard game. So we were trying to get trying to get him the ball as much as possible. Um, like I said earlier, he is an absolute difference maker on the offensive side of the ball. Um, he is currently a freshman All-American. Their uh, the list came out today, so he's only going to get better in the future. So yeah, I know he's a little bit small, but he's quick and uh, can make somebody miss in space. So we'll see if MJ gives him the ball and. Uh, yeah, that's basically all I got. I think I haven't really thought about my score prediction yet. I'm going to go 21-17 NC State. Um, Big-time game. We're 1-1 uh, one one in the ACC right now. Still in contention, just like Miami. Um, John still thinks Miami's a major ACC championship. I uh, still think we got a chance until we – we got a couple – we got a hard stretch coming up, but – if we get past Duke, anything to happen going into the bye week. So, yeah, I'm saying 21-17 pack. Rely on the defense a little bit. And uh, I think we'll uh, come out on top. We'll see, though. Yeah, I, uh, easily taking the under in that game. I don't think there's going to be many points scored uh, with two very stout defenses um, and a young quarterback and MJ Morris and then Duke's quarterback who – you know, who knows what he's able to do, but you expect him to not be able to put up the type of numbers that Riley Leonard has. Um, I honestly like State in this game without Riley Leonard. Um, I, it's definitely just going to be one of those low-scoring ground and pound, and I I think uh, Duke's definitely going to throw some trick plays in there uh, to try to get some offense moving. But I feel like MJ Morris is more of a viable quarterback to actually – you know, make some plays uh, late to, you know, at the, end, at the end of the day, you have to make plays. And I think he'll be able to, hate to say it, um, get y'all's, get you all excited again just to get your heart ripped out for the next team you play. Um, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, see ya. Uh, but for the Hills, I know we've already touched on it a lot um, from the guest segment. We'll just quickly dive into it. Miami. Uh, prides itself on their O-line and D-line. They've got big boys that are, you know, lined with five stars across both lines. They're going to – you know, it's going to be a tough test for our D-line to be able to get to the quarterback, and they run the ball very well. I don't see that posing too much of an issue for us, um, but I just want to see our O-line protect Drake long enough to where he's able to make the throws that he's capable of making um it's going to be a barn burner two great teams going up against each other with huge acc implications as a unc fan this is a must win uh program booster you know you have the biggest crowd you're going to have in the last 10 years um on abc ranked matchup the entire country is going to be watching um and this is a time for us to actually make a statement that unc football is here here to stay um, and that we're, you know, we're in firm contention for the ACC championship, if not something further than that. Um, so excited to see it. Um, 
and yeah, I'll let uh, AJ give his give his take on the game for next week. Yeah, I'll touch on uh, State Duke. I think I think this that game is going to be fairly boring. Um, I do think it's going to be another ground and pound game. Um, it's up to you know MJ Morris. You know, see how he plays on the road and how he responds. Um, I know it's not the craziest environment in, in Durham, but um, fun hopefully, fact, he's, fun fact: he's never played on the road. Yep, that's also interesting. Um, makes that point even more uh, prevalent. But you know, if he can take care of the ball, I, I do think Riley Leonard is somewhat of Duke's whole team, or at least offense. Um, I think they do have a stout defense, and they're very disciplined on that side of the ball. Um, I actually do kind of like state in this game just because Riley Leonard's out. Um, I think they'd get beat by 10 if Riley Leonard was playing, but since he's not, I honestly think state will win by 10, 24 to 14. Um, as far as the heels, I've already spoke on it. I think it's going to be a great game. I think we're going to see special plays from both teams on both sides of the ball. I think we just have the better quarterback, and, and Drake's going to be able to lead us to victory. Uh, it's the most excited I've been in a long time for a UNC game. It's it's everything you want for the program right now. In Mac's fifth year, he's done all we could ask for. I um, feel like we've got the pieces to finally be special this year. We just got to go out and prove it. Uh, definitely biggest game, biggest test we've had this year. Interested to see how we respond. Um you heard my score prediction. I think we win 34-27. Um, should be fun. I'm glad I get to be there. Yep. Uh, so those games, we'll repeat it one more time. Miami UNC under the lights, 730 ABC, NC State against Duke. Big time matchup in Durham at 8 o'clock on ACC Network. Um, but we'll do our parlay for the week, um, and then we'll hop off. We were close last week. I messed up. Kentucky got blown the heck out. Devin Larry looked like a sack of potatoes out there. Even his even his head coach was talking about how bad Devin Larry played. I don't know if y'all yeah, saw that. Mark Mark Stoop was talking mad shit about Devin Larry. He said there was some quote. He's like, "I can't help if my quarterback can't throw the ball to the open receivers or something like that." I was just like, "Wow." So it might be a quarterback change down in Kentucky. Um, but, yeah, I'll go ahead and start with the parlay. Um, Wake Forest. I've got a little ACC matchup for y'all. Two of the bottom feeders in the ACC this year. Wake obviously lost a lot last year, but they're playing Virginia Tech on the road. Um, Virginia Tech is actually favored by one and a half in this game, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you to take Wake Forest money line. Um, obviously I have not seen a whole lot from Virginia Tech. Like we said last week, they lost to Marshall, um, who we beat this week. But I just think Wake Forest is a better, better coach football team, have better weapons on the offense, definitely. So I think you go ahead and take Wake money line. And that's uh, what I got for this lot, uh, leg of the parlay this week. What about you, AJ? Uh, I'm taking the game of the week, the Pac-12 
powerhouse matchup between Oregon and Bo Nix and Washington and Michael Penix. Both are Heisman runners this year. Um, I think both teams are very good. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm taking Oregon plus three. Um, I think they're the better team by a slim margin. I think Bo Nix has a touch more experience in big games like this. They are on the road, however. Um, I think it'll be an exciting game. But uh, Oregon plus three. That game should be sick. I didn't know they were seven versus eight. That's like a big, big, big time matchup. Yeah, we missed game day because of that game. Brutal. Um, But I'm going to roll – into a Big Ten matchup, uh, Big 12, sorry. Uh, Ohio State minus 19. No, Big Ten. Yeah, Big my 10. bad. Ohio State minus 19 and a half against Purdue. Um, I think the line is only 19 and a half because they're playing at Purdue. But uh, Purdue's garbage. Ohio State has proven over and over that they are legit. Um, I think 19 and a half is an easy lock, um, and they cover. Then they blow them out, you know, one of those 50 to 14 type games. I like that. I like that. Let's we need pray one. for a parlay win. We need one. It's this week. It's this week. It's this week. Week week seven or six. Whatever. Well, fellas, let's uh let's go ahead and hop off. Bid time games for both uh teams this week. I really hope at least the boys in red pulled out. Um I know we're playing a backup quarterback, but uh, we need a we need a big time win for sure. And I know y'all be sweating it in uh, Keenan Stadium. I'm sorry I'm not gonna be there to talk shit with John, but y'all give him hell for me. All right. Yep. We're Fun. excited. We'll report back next week on what we see. Hopefully, we have two wins. Yep. Good pack. All right, everybody. The boys are out. <laughs>